Welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate the Wickedly Smart Women who are committed, care deeply, and have the courage to take action and create change all around the world. Now here's your host, Emerald Green Forest. Welcome to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate Wickedly Smart Women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom, along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Emerald Greenforest, and today we welcome our special guest, Valerie Aprahanian. Valerie is totally going to impact you today if you are a mom because she is a special education advocate, coach, and mentor, author, speaker, teacher, and founder of Advocates for Angels who protects the rights of parents of neurodiverse children in the development of their child's individual education program, also known as an IEP. As the mother of a daughter on the autism spectrum, Valerie has walked the same path as her clients and understands the challenges they experience. Over the past 22 years, while attending more than 3,000 IEP meetings, Valerie has mastered the skills necessary to hold school districts accountable to ensure her clients leave high school with the skills necessary to live a purposeful life. Today, she runs a virtual parent training academy dedicated to empowering parents to successfully advocate and receive the IEP their child needs to thrive. Valerie's innovative e-learning programs help parents become more knowledgeable, confident, and effective advocates in order to create powerful shifts in the special education system. And I have a personal relationship with Valerie. And as soon as we met and I saw what she was doing, I was like, oh my God, I wish I had known you when my son was going through this, when he was, it started in third grade and the nightmare continued until I finally just took him out of the school system altogether when he was 16 years old. So I am so grateful to have you here, Valerie, and delighted that you are here to impact and inform our Wickedly Smart Women listeners. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Emerald. It's an honor to be here today. Well, I want to talk to you first about the calling. Obviously, you have this very big calling, and I'd love to have you give us a little bit more backstory. Obviously, we've got a lot of backstory from your bio, but maybe more of the emotional side of the backstory of your bio um, for our listeners. If you could give us some clarity about what this calling was like, what you were going through when you were enmeshed in the problem, and then what inspired you to say, okay, I have gone through this nightmare. I now must serve other people. Yes. Well, it started with my daughter, Chanel. That's what called me into this whole career mission. And it 
started with my daughter back in 1994 when the UCLA team of pediatric neurologists at UCLA diagnosed my daughter Chanel with autism and seizure disorder. And their prognosis was, was that my daughter would never talk, she would never write, she would never read, and she would never be successful in school. And I didn't believe a word they said. I, cause I, and I vowed that I would prove them wrong and that that was not going to be the outcome for my daughter. So I uh, went to the school district and the school district basically had the same outcome and they wanted to place her in a severely handicapped class and I wouldn't allow that. I, I said, absolutely not. I don't want my daughter segregated in a classroom without typical developing peers and I wanted her to receive the education she deserved and that would help her to reach her potential. And so I advocated for her to be placed in a full inclusion program, which means she'd be placed in a general ed class alongside her typical developing peers and also have the ability to receive her diploma because kids in severely handicapped classes do not have the option to receive their diploma. They have to forfeit their diploma and they don't receive curriculum, general ed curriculum. They're not taught that kind of math, reading, writing. They're not taught general ed curriculum. So I was successful in having her place there. I was actually, which is really a pretty big, significant success, was that she was the first student in my local school district to be placed in a general education class as a student with a diagnosis of autism because this was in the mid-90s and school districts were just beginning to learn how to do inclusion and bring kids into the general ed classroom. So fast forward to 14 years later when Chanel did graduate with a high school diploma with honors. And we proved that team of UCLA pediatricians wrong along with my local school district. And she's doing amazing today. And she has, you know, has reached her potential because she got the education that she needed to be successful after high school and have the skills she needs to go out and get competitive employment or go on to continued education. Beautiful. Well, that's a new piece of information that I didn't know that the, the kids that are segregated are not taught and they're forfeiting their diploma. Is that the case in just your state or is this a nationwide thing? That's nationwide. If they're in a severely handicapped class, or it's a, they have different labels for it, severely handicapped functional classroom, life skills classroom, those classes, they do not receive credits because they're not taught the typical core curriculum. Wow. Okay. Yes. Well, see, I've already learned something I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. So I want to talk to you about this process of advocating for your child, because I remember when I was in this process with my son, it literally felt like a full-time job. And like I was constantly on the alert for where either he was going to fall through the cracks and he was, um, they didn't give him an IEP. They gave him a 504, I think it was. Yes. But I had to be constantly on the alert about where he was either going to fall through the cracks or whether or not they were even going to, the school district was even going to fulfill the agreement. Like we spent all this time in these meetings. We had yeah. all these things laid out for him. The first time I did a 504 meeting, one of the things that they wanted him to have was an alpha smart. Mm -hmm. some kind of technological thing to help mm -hmm. him uh, to learn better. And he was twice exceptional. So he's super smart, but also had a processing challenge. Yes. And I didn't find out until like eight months later that he never got the alpha smart. Mm -hmm. 
because I didn't yeah. know what I didn't know. So I'd love yeah. to have you talk a little bit about both how immensely time consuming it is to advocate for your child and a little bit about how you help parents to know now what, you know, to you teach them so that they will know what they don't know in order to be able to be successful with this process. Absolutely. So it is a full-time job and it's a whole new universe of information that parents need to learn in order to protect the rights of their child to secure the education that they need to leave high school with the skills that are required to move on and live a successful life. And so that, that and that's really my point is that if parents don't learn what they don't know, the school district is going to take advantage of them. They are not going to offer what that child needs. They're not going to tell a parent what to ask for, what's available, or what's best for their child. They're going to get together in their little pre-meeting, and they're going to predetermine what's the outcome, what they're going to offer you. But parents have equal rights, and parents have equal say-so in those decisions. But parents don't even know that much. So they need to sit and have a discussion about all the decisions that are being made about that child with the parent involved. But most typically, that does not happen. So because the school district is a bureaucratic institution, and it's managed by political agendas to protect their short-term profits. And, and that's what they do. And, and the way that Congress created the IDEA, the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act, they created it to be adversarial and just by the ways the laws were written. And they created it to be so these, even though IDEA, when you read it, it's like, wow, this is amazing. It's, it, they wrote it for parents and their child. Anything that your kid needs or that you want, you'll find it in IDEA. But if parents don't read the law, guess what? The school district isn't going to tell you that that's what the law says. And they give misinformation. They don't tell parents information. You're not fully informed, which the law says parents are to be fully informed, but parents are absolutely not fully informed. And in fact, they give misinformation. Mm. So yes, it falls on a parent to educate themselves on their parent rights and the IEP process to secure what their child needs. Yeah, so I just wanna um, to make sure that everybody who's listening is really educated. IDEA stands for Individuals with Disabilities Education Act. Is that correct? Is that what that's, that's correct. for? IDEA? That's correct. That's yeah. federal law, nation, special national special education. I remember I was like a dog with a bone myself. I remember getting a copy of the IDEA because they wanted to label my son. Yeah. And it was very clear in the IDEA that I could ask for the services without the label. But they wanted to insist that they had to label him first and that we needed to get a doctor's diagnosis. And I was like, yes. no, that's not happening. I went all the way up to the State Board of Education and brought the IDEA languaging. And I said, no, you are not going to label him. Uh -huh. and you are not going to force me to take him to a doctor and put him on medication. That's not going to happen. Oh. But I was willing to be a dog with a bone. So one yeah. thing I discovered was, and it's kind of insidious and horrible to think about, but it's what happened. And you just affirmed again, um, what the experience was for me, what I realized after we got through a couple years of this process was that the school districts are incentivized to identify 
They're incentivized to identify the children that are supposed to have IEPs and 504s because that unloads money from the federal government to the system, but they are not incentivized to actually provide the services. And that is what happened for me. So I'd love to have you talk a little bit about what inspired you to even go beyond talking about this and to create an actual program to help parents to be able to educate themselves so they can be good advocates because it is a full-time job and if it's a full-time job just learning everything that you need to learn. By the time you get finished learning that, when you're doing it on your own, the kid's already 16 years old and had to be taken out of school, right? Exactly. Absolutely. Yes. It takes years to learn this stuff. It's like going for a degree. <laughs> so so that's, that was my motivation, was that after 22 years of working for hundreds of, of kiddos and attending, now it's close to 4,000 IEP meetings uh, to protect the rights of parents. It was very frustrating many of those years because I they would they would retain me. I would go in, I would develop the IP, they would be so happy, so grateful. Then they, then I'd say, okay, now you know, I would try to educate them as best I could in the short amount of time I have seeing them before and after an IEP meeting. But then lo and behold, about a year, maybe two years later, they would call me back and say, We need to hire you back, Valerie. They took everything away because they didn't know how to sustain the program that I developed for them. So many parents would actually keep me until their child graduated high school because they said, I'm never going to another meeting again without you because they trick me. I don't know what to say. I try to do what you tell me, but I don't know, you know, then, then they'll, they'll come back and argue with me and I won't know how to respond. So I, that's why I developed a program because I said, you know, this is just, it, it's just so wrong that parents aren't able to know what their rights are and to at least sustain a program after they're helped by an advocate or an attorney to get what their child needs. But, you know, my big mission is to actually not have to have parents hire parents or attorneys because parents can really learn this. I mean, I I broke it down into a five courses, five modules, and I do it in layman's terms. I break down the law in layman's terms so it's easy to understand, and really every parent can learn 101 and 201 to be able to sustain a really good program for their child and understand the process, understand the uh, political agendas, understand the tactics that they use on parents, and go through the process. Beautiful. I love it. Well, we're going to talk more about this program out when we come back from the break. But right now, Wickedly Smart Women, we need your help. If you are enjoying this show and want us to stay on the air, please consider making a donation at www.wickedlysmartwomen.com. We'd also like to ask you to share with your lovely lady friends who you think might benefit from our content. I want to thank all of our listeners who are downloading, rating, and reviewing We are now in 23 countries around the world. We're welcoming thousands of downloads from all across the globe. And I want to shout out this week to our listeners in Switzerland. I don't know why, but Switzerland wants to have a hello. So hello, Switzerland. Thanks for tuning in. And we'll be right back with Valerie Abrahami. The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by the Creative Age Consulting Group. 
Women, are you ready for a big revenue breakthrough so you can stop working like a man and being paid like a woman? Are you ready to take the leap and go deep to claim your value and convert your wisdom to wealth? Is now the time to fulfill your mission and change the world? Creative Age Consulting Group is hired by women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance and be heard by millions while building a sustainable business model that makes bank. Please visit apply.wealthylifemethod.com to apply for an invitation-only consultation. If you have been inspired to receive support in welcoming wealth by making your most heartfelt contribution to the world, be sure to apply for a consultation today. Once again, that is apply.wealthylifemethod.com or click in the link in the show notes to access the application. And we are back with Valerie Abrahamian. She has a quiz for you. How easy is that? How fun is that? And how convenient is that? You can go to www.ultimateiepquiz.com. We will have that in the show notes for you so that you can check out where you are at in terms of what you know and what you don't know about the special education process and your rights as a parent. So before we went to the break, Valerie, we were talking about your program that you've developed, which I so like, if I could go back in time and bring you with me, I would have been (laughs) so happy to have that program because not only is it a full-time job, but if you don't have the education, a lot of people hire special education advocates or attorneys, which you mentioned before the break, That's freaking expensive. That is super expensive. And so there are so many people that are simply priced out. Like they're not capable of investing at that level to get their children the services. And these kids are just simply falling through cracks that are all this lost potential. It's heartbreaking. It's so heartbreaking. It's- and, and what happens when they don't receive the education that they need to be successful after high school? They end up living in their with parents' home, sitting in their rooms without a life, without a job. And when their elderly parents can no longer care for them, they end up being placed in a horrible group home where most likely they will be abused. These are individuals with gifts and talents and amazing lives that they could have lived had they not received the education that they deserved. And it's, it's just an injustice, it, it's discrimination, and it's just unbelievable that in 2020, we're still have this kind of discrimination in such a huge population. There's 7 million students, more than 7 million students on IEPs today across the U- US, mm-hmm. and which is 15% of the general ed population. Yeah, and this may be a sidetrack, but I'm also very aware that this whole mindset of short-term corporate profits, right, it has infiltrated everywhere. It's not just infiltrated the education system, it's infiltrated our food system, it's infiltrated our medical system, it's infiltrated our governmental system, it's infiltrated everywhere, and as a result... I don't know how much you know about or have anything to do with how food can cause symptoms and cause issues with the brain of a developing child and glyphosate and all of those things. I have a colleague that I learned a lot about that from recently myself. And, you know, if you don't know, you don't know, right? 
All of it. Yeah. Well, you know, there's a big controversy on what's causing this increase in neurodiverse kids and, you know, but yeah, I absolutely believe it's the toxic world we live in mm -hmm. because, you know, they say, oh no, we're just diagnosing it more today. No, no, mm -hmm. there's an increase. There's a huge increase. A sharp it's increase. And so your work is to navigate and advocate with parents to get them the education that they need so that they can be successful in life. And what I do want to talk to you about now, Valerie, is about your entrepreneurship, right? Okay. Because you are not only, you know, an advocate, but you're also an entrepreneur. And I'd love to have you talk about as an entrepreneur, some of the ups and downs you've experienced to get your work out into the world to serve the people because there's no question you're passionate about this and there's certainly no question that you are masterful at it. So I'd love to have you just shift a little bit to talk to our audience about the entrepreneurial side of this journey for you and how that has been and you know if you have any immediately actionable steps either for our parents who are struggling with this or for our listeners who may not be the same, you know, in the same category about how you just keep going, right? How, what you do to keep yourself fueled to continue to bring your vision to life. Mm -hmm. Well, I have a real energetic spiritual connection with these kids anyway. So that is a huge motivator for me. I mean, my whole life, even when I was young, I, I was always, you know, drawn to a, ne my next door neighbor when I was little. I remember he was a little boy with downs and I used to go over there and play with him all the time. And I didn't even think twice about it, which, you know, shocked me because when, when I had a daughter with a, um, autism, you know, her own cousins wouldn't come over and play with her. So it, I was just like, what? Because I thought everyone was like me, but it's so, so not true. You know, I mean, awareness and just people understanding, you know, what, what autism is or even any disability. So that, that's a huge motivator for me, but also just, you know, the moms that call me every day saying, I, I you know, tell me their stories about their child. And, and I just, you know, I mean, I actually have to balance myself as an entrepreneur with, I can't take every case that, or help every mom that calls me which is another reason why I developed my program because then I can help huge amounts of parents because, you know, otherwise I really end up working too much and not having a life. So I have to really watch myself there. That's one of my weaknesses is balancing and not becoming a workaholic <laughs> because I really love my job. I really do. I just love it. And I could work too much. It's very easy. And, and martyring yourself for the cause does not serve the cause. It really Absolutely. doesn't. So what's beautiful, I want everybody who's listening, Wickedly Smart Women, what she's doing is she's leveraging her wisdom. She has taken her wisdom and she is now leveraging it so she can serve more people in more places with less time uh, out of her schedule. And my guess is, Valerie, that you now only take very selective cases to do advocacy work for. Would that be correct? That's absolutely correct. Because in order for me to keep devoting more and more time towards my online academy, I cut way back on my one-on-one -on -one individual advocacy clients. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I also want to just really underscore for all the parents who are listening out there, there's a vast difference in how much money you would need to invest in an advocate or an attorney 
to come and hold your hand and walk you through this process and continue to be with you throughout the entire course of your child's educational career and self-educating using Valerie's body of work. So, you know, it's just such a huge, huge, huge gift that she's giving to the world here. And I'm glad to be part of uplifting it and spotlighting it and celebrating it. So speaking of celebration, Valerie, what do you do in your own life, in your own business, in your own world, when you have accomplished something amazing to celebrate? Wow, that's a good question, Emerald. (laughs) I just probably just relax and maybe just take more time for myself. Like I'll, I'll do something for myself. Yeah, which like I said, that that's my Achilles heel is is you know backing off. So yeah, that that's what I do. I'll reward myself with like going to the spa or going to the beach or having a weekend vacation away or yeah, doing something that I really love to do. Beautiful. Yeah, you got to keep fueling your tank in order to keep the message and the movement going. So yeah. I have I just only have a couple minutes left before we close. So if there was one thing that you really, really wanted the heart of a mom or a dad, possibly a dad, because maybe some men are listening to Wiggly Smart Women, but my guess is it's going to be a mom. There was one thing that you could ignite in the heart of a mother who is struggling right now, probably struggling to put food on the table, probably struggling to help this child that they birthed out of their own body to be successful and probably also like exhausted from this fight with the education system. If there was one thing that you could say to that woman, what would it be? I would say don't give up and don't believe the disparaging predictions and the ceilings that they place on our kids' potential. Because as I just, you know, in the earlier in the podcast, I talked about how we proved all of the, the medical professionals and the educators in completely wrong. I mean, really wrong. They weren't even close to what they predicted for my daughter. So, you know, don't believe them. You know, you set your intentions for your child and it is possible to, to learn how to protect the rights of your child and advocate for your child. There is help out there. And I, I welcome any mom that wants to take my program because you'll be well on your way to learning how to advocate for your child. Yeah. In, in a short period of time. <laughs> so I actually have one more question that just popped in that I have to ask. You know, like it happened with my son when he was in third grade. Does your program help parents at any point on the journey? Like if somebody has been fighting for five years or 10 years, can they still get some benefit out of the program? Like, does it have to be at the very beginning of the school journey or can it be anywhere along the journey that they can get the benefit? Anywhere along the journey. It doesn't matter. As long as their child is on an IEP or you feel your child is eligible for an IEP, yes, anywhere. It doesn't. I, I had a parent hire me when her son was in the 11th grade in high school. <laughs> and she took my program too. Because now I always recommend, even when I do take the seldom times that I do take on a new client, I will say, one of the requirements now is for you to take my program because after I'm gone, you need to know how to sustain it. So yeah, any time in the journey. Beautiful. I love it. All right. Well, thank you so much for bringing your special brand of magic. And thank you so much for being so 
committed and devoted and willing to serve people in the way that you are, Valerie. I just, I really honor you and I applaud you and I celebrate you. I celebrate you and I really encourage anybody who has a child that could use this kind of advocacy to get yourself educated through Valerie's program. And um, listeners, we are at the end. We love feedback. Please let us know what you thought of today's show by calling into our listener line at 540-402-0043, extension 4343, or sending questions or guest suggestions to listeners at wickedlysmartwomen.com. We might even give you a shout out on the show. Thank you for tuning in. Keep your ears open and remember, You are wonderful women. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening. Be sure to review and rate Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. We welcome your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of each episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.